1: there are just the nine reasons to hang with us today as we recover from the red mist with you on the football ramble it's wednesday the 3rd of february i'm kate mason
2: i'm luke moore and i'm pete donaldson
1: So, yes, in the end, guys, we decided against the 60-minute recording of Luke Moore chuckling, but only after... Well, you
0: two did. I didn't didn't agree to that, but it was passed by a majority vote.
2: Very, very busy night for Luke Moore on Twitter. You know when you log back into Twitter on your mobile phone and it sort of says, um, Luke has tweeted a million times That's pretty much...
0: Do you know what? Last night I was lying in bed just like, you make me feel so young.
2: <laughs> it was
0: amazing. I feel I feel 18 again. Pete, I'll put my Crowded House t shirt on. That's how young I feel. It's an amazing time. It's a great night for my Time. It's the Southampton fans out there, I will sympathise and I will say, yes, I totally concede it is slim pickings out there if your reports were found at the moment, although they did win last mm. night in League One. that means I can put everything out the way and just enjoy what I saw at Old Trafford. And I had a bloody lovely time. I don't think in these straightened times we are living through, anyone would begrudge me it. It was a fantastic experience and I would love to do it again.
1: (laughs) Would you say there's any other person or football team that makes you feel as much joy in their (laughs) suffering?
0: Uh, well, to be, to be honest, do you know what? I would say, I, I do feel sorry for Ralph Harsenhuttle because I think, you know, maybe we'll come on to this. I think his players let him down and I, think, I know he's got a difficult situation with the players he had missing. And, you know, look, it's... It's, it's, it's fascinating for a number of reasons, but I still would think it was fascinating even if it wasn't Southampton that got mm. beat. I mean, a team losing 9 0 in the Premier League just shouldn't happen. And I'm mm. sure we talked about it last time it happened, also to Southampton. <laughs> uh, so, so I think to me it's just a case of yes, it is hilarious. And yes, I do WhatsApp my friends who support Southampton instantly. <laughs> uh, but but I, I maybe think about what's the cutoff. I, mean, I do what you feel, Pete, but what's the cutoff where you think this is, uh, this is, this is special? Because 5-0 <laughs> probably isn't special. It's 5, it's probably... I no, it's five, not in the Premier
2: League. It's, especially this season where you do yeah. see a lot of absolute trouncings. I think it was like halfway through when um, somebody posted on Twitter that um, Rashford had scored more goals than Eric Cantona. And I thought, well. all right, that'll be the story of the night. That'll be the story <laughs> yeah. of the night. But it was a bit of a perfect storm, wasn't it? Like, United were irresistible uh, in attack and Southampton just looked like they hadn't worked on a nine-man formation, which <laughs> a lot of teams <laughs> have to do. You yeah. know, they, yeah. But we, we saw... We, I think... I can't remember, I think Marcus maybe, uh, when he was supposed a little while ago, sort of said that he, he saw Chelsea in training and they were working on a nine-man formation against 11. And so they were like they would work out how to go on sort of raiding missions to look like they're actually going to try and score a goal huh. while only having nine, 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 nine people in in the team. So it just looked like they hadn't really remembered any of their training about what happens when you lose one player or what happens when you lose two players. I, mean, could, I could I also just say
0: that... Um Jankiewicz who got sent off oh. <laughs> making his um making his first start in the Premier League for Southampton. Yeah. Um, Mm. I am fairly certain, and people could pull me up on this if I'm wrong, I'm fairly certain I read a news story last week from his agent moaning that he wasn't getting enough game time. (laughs) So maybe it was a
1: stitch-up of some kind. I don't know how they they caused it to be a stitch-up. It was a poor challenge, Kate, wasn't it? It was an extremely poor challenge. Yes, indeed. (laughs) This is Manchester United's 9-0 win against Southampton, the worst result in Southampton's history since last season, obviously. Uh, Ralph yeah. Hasenhutl's fa- face on the sidelines, he sort of wore the slack-jawed amazement of a man yeah. whose favourite pet has been killed and reanimated by a taxidermist in a crude and <laughs> embarrassing shape. It was
0: exactly like that. In the volume of his of his answers, uh, given that there's got to be some element of social distancing involved anyway, mm. was, I mean, it was... I, look, I do, feel, I do actually genuinely feel sorry for Hasenhutl because... I, can, I think if you're a football fan and you watch your team get beaten at Old Trafford, they're in a, they may not have been decent form, they've got good players, you can accept it. Mm. Yeah, to lose the, no team should lose by that many in, 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 when they share the same division as them. And the, and the manager really at that point can't do anything about it. Like, I, I genuinely don't know what, what he could have done. Pete yeah. alluded to it. They had players sent off. They had a lot of players missing. And he just stands there absolutely helpless. He must have felt like the loneliest man in the world.
1: Yeah, they went to Old Trafford, Southampton, of course, with nine first-team players out injured. But as you say, Luke, it, it's impo- it's impossible to know, really, what impact he was able to have at the point where... I can't even remember. Was it was it 6-0 at half... No, 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 no. It was 4-0 <laughs> at, at half-time. Time. <laughs> yeah. And by the time it got to 6-0, it was almost like it was just careering to because of the bloody Leicester game, which I thought we just, you know, got over mentioning constantly. It just felt like it was careering inevitably towards another 9-0. And what other team can you watch and say that or think that in the Premier League?
2: (laughs) The thing about the Premier League is that narrative just kind of overtakes sometimes. And it's like, once it got to about five, you're like, I mean, they could go on. Manchester United were scoring some... I know it was a route and I know it was ridiculous but Man United scored some very very good oh, goals yeah. in this, in, in that match some real quality there but I mean I just feel sorry like Kane Ramsey's first start uh, in the Premier League he, he, he obviously fresh from his, his loan spell not even obviously to be honest because it's Kane Ramsey nobody talks about Kane Ram- Ramsey <laughs> right. um, but he uh, you know fresh from the shrews but I think he probably would have uh, preferred to have uh, just remained there for this season to be I, honest I, I, and, also, so, I mean, and they really they really focused on him as well, because they saw him as a as an inexperienced weak link, and
0: they were just irresistible and awful to Southampton. Um, <laughs> I loved. I loved that um, VAR felt like it needed to take another look at that Yankovic challenge. <laughs> so we all completely <laughs> lost our minds. Like, we, we, I know that VAR is coming, and it's been part of the uh, narrative, as you as you said, and and you know, and it's tedious. But, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes... I, I know I know that automatically, I guess it has to be looked at. I don't I want mean, to be
1: boring about this, but, yeah, they but do it automatically. Be, right? It's not a case of, ridiculous. Like, on, the, on seem... the merit of that challenge, oh, is there some doubt about whether this is a red card or not? Do you know, should we leave it because it's only the second minute? Perhaps we could just give him a bit of a, a let-off in this one. I mean... I just this... don't
0: think a young man needs to see it again. That's
1: all I'm saying. He knows
0: <laughs> what he's done. He knows what he's done. <laughs> it was an incredible night of football. It, it really was incredible, and, and and you know i mean all the, all the guys on Solskjaer was saying you know my team are really hungry for it they wanted more goals and Kate, i think there's something in that about the old the inevitability of it rolling towards um rolling towards a 9-0 like a car that you've left the handbrake off that's almost certainly going to mm. go over the cliff and there's nothing you can do to stop it it felt it felt strangely psychological because yeah. if you look at it i think there were three goals scored in the last few minutes i mean mm. 6-0 mm. is bad but no one's going to be <laughs> Yeah, look, I don't, think, I don't think anyone sets out to lose a game 6-0. Six
1: 6-0, let's be clear on this, 6-0 is yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, the kind of insight be... that we're offering you.
0: But it's not seismically <laughs> bad, I expect your resignation first thing tomorrow bad. And yeah. and so it, it just felt weirdly psychological, as I say. And uh, and yeah, so it was a fascinating, fascinating thing. And And even if you have no skill in the game at all, now, of course, I enjoyed it, for the reasons we've stated, but you guys probably had no ski in the game, but it's still fascinating to watch, isn't it? It's like you can't take mm. your eyes off it. Mm. It's, it's In many ways, it's as fascinating as an r- amazing back and forth, 4-3, um, kind of win for either team, because it, it kind of puts me in mind of that, that game in the World Cup between Germany and Brazil. You're just sitting there thinking, what is happening? Like What is going mm. on? The human element of it just comes to the fore and you start thinking so many things uh, to, to, to think about.
2: And so many teams in the Premier League, they, they find themselves sort of 3 nil up, 4-0 up at half-time and you think, wow, this could get really messy. Yeah. And it just stays, it just stays 4-0 or maybe it's 5-1 or something like that. So, yeah. uh, and, the, and the team come back in, in, in the second half. I just, I, I mean, is it better than their previous 9-0? I think I would posit that it is. I think it is a more understandable. They I had agree. injuries, they had two sendings off. They Manchester United were incredible. And so you do sort of think... It, it, It's probably, maybe it won't exact a a turn around in in, in Southampton's fortunes against Newcastle this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) They can't believe their luck. They cannot believe their luck.
0: (laughs) But Pete, you're right, it is more understandable for the reasons that we've talked about. But I'm very happy to sit here debating <laughs> the relative merits of the, the of different players. Nil yeah. I mean, the fact that we've got a different 9 0 <laughs> to choose from now is very enjoyable yeah. for me.
1: It's good to corner the market in something, I guess, if you're a, yeah. a, mm. a mid table Premier League team. Um, yeah, no, Hassan Houtel said he thought this was the worst of the two 9 0s my god what a question to be asking
2: I imagine as a as a, as a German speaker he's probably saying nine quite a lot during that yeah. match yeah
0: and I also think if you you know at some point if you, if you go right when it's raw I think the most recent breakup is always the most painful I, mean, yeah. it just happened. I don't think he's looking at the in the, in the sober light of dispassionately day dispassionately trying to analyse
1: yeah. what the comparative merits of the various the 9 was,
0: I also think of him as being like he's obviously a very good manager I, I sincerely believe that regardless of what happened last night and I also think but he's quite a a dominating character and he seems an impressive human being in his field. And I think the thing that made me feel most sorry for him last night was that you could see that he wanted to be angry and get Mm -hmm. pissed off, but he realised that he couldn't really get angry about anything to do with the people's questions because it was perfectly fair. And so at one point (laughs) he just went, yeah, well... Oh, you've got your story. You've got your story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's quite hard to change the message on a story of a 9-0. Although, did we feel as though... (laughs) in the studio there was a sort of message changing during the the coverage yeah. in the sense that i mean there was an interesting ish uh var situation i guess that you could have gone into the shea adams goal that was ruled off in the 54th minute an amusingly tight var call on fred's knee that i still can't understand how it was offside yeah, and i mean that that's a goal clearly you know that would not have changed the course of the game could have but was, the tide, Kate. You was for done. the other <laughs> was for the other side but it was intriguing to me how they spent such long time on on the VAR
2: chat well they, whenever they start whenever they start a VAR chat they always sort of go on telly they always go well we have to talk about the VAR decision." don't have you don't, to talk about you're it you're in charge of this whole thing
0: <laughs> my theory on that and then what you're referring to I suppose is the um, is the the, the fact that at 6-0, which is, I mean, 6-0, for goodness sake, there's a penalty decision which involves Bednarak, who had one of the worst nights at any office I've ever seen. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Have you any, seen
1: his, in, You didn't have him in your team, did you, in the fantasy? You got minus
0: seven in you probably. I've never, I've never seen that before. seven. I've never seen that before. And um, they were talking... Obviously, for those who didn't see the coverage on on, on, on the TV, they, they talked a lot about that VAR decision. And... I think my theory is it's because it's ex-players, right? If you saw Rio Ferdinand, he was talking about how... You could see he was thinking how upset he would be, and he started talking about if he was defending now, this is how he would do it. And they get so into it that they end up doing 10 minutes on some VAR decision at 6-0, which I just thought was absolutely astonishing. I mean, the story is that a team have been beaten 9-0 in the Premier League. I know everything feels a bit surreal at the moment. I know we're living through strange times. We get that. But it's a 9-0 game. You've got to talk about that. You've got... I mean... I I don't remember what the coverage was like when they lost 9-0 the last time because me and Pete were on stage at a venue in Newcastle where people were just shouting out every time another goal went in because we were doing a live show. (laughs) It was absolutely surreal. But to me, it felt like it missed the mark last night because the big story is a 9-0 defeat, you know?
1: Yeah, sometimes you've got to really hunt around for what your line is on a game of football, haven't you guys? And you're like trying to work out what are we going to talk about on this? It's too difficult. There's some niche little thing Mm. and you've got to dig into the weeds. But... Really, in a 9-0 against Southampton, you, you probably don't need to be too esoteric with what you decide to discuss.
2: No. They're confusing sort of being uh, contrary with uh, being learned, I think, in many ways. They're sort of going, right, well, we've got to pretend that we know what we're talking about, <laughs> so let's talk about um, something that, that is clearly not the focus that anybody else has. The VAR decisions at a ridiculous, uh, a ridiculous 6-0 position.
0: Yeah. yeah. It was, it was, it was, a, anyway, look, it was an astonishing game. Uh, I think, you know, is it, is it getting to the point now where everyone's going to get a chance to beat Southampton 9 0? I don't know. So <laughs> I certainly hope that hmm. would be the case. And if it could, if my old, old mate uh, Pete Donaldson could get in on the act next time they play, that would be fantastic. However, I yeah. think that is unlikely,
1: I would say. <laughs> so you don't think it's going to be two consecutive 9 0 well,
0: I, I mean, the thing is, no one's really talking, from what I can see, no one's really talking about Hutu and his job and everything. And no one's really saying, oh, well, they've lost two nils now under, under Hutu Whereas, actually, the reaction from what I remember the first time around was like, look, he's, I mean, lose job. he's got to go, right? Yeah, yeah, but he didn't, right? So it's, um, it's quite interesting how well he's obviously regarded at the club. And I do think that's, that's right, actually. I, I think, you know, if you, if you get your tactics wrong... And you lose three or four nil and it happens a lot. And you think, hang on a minute, are the player's kind of understanding what he's trying to do. Are they playing for him, etc., etc.? et cetera. You lose a player in the first half, first minute. You've got a lot of players out injured. You're at Old Trafford. You know, it's a difficult situation. The players just, they, they just piled in, basically. And I don't really think you can blame the manager for that.
1: So I, I kind of understand it. Everyone wanted a piece of the action. And fair enough. Uh, mm. Luke, do you feel as though you've exercised the enthusiasm that you had for this?
0: I think I might more... do a... Um, what I might do is if people go over to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash football ramble, yeah. I might do a 14-hour live stream about it. <laughs> and you, everyone could just get involved.
1: You could do 30 minutes on every single minute of the game. Easily. And then Easily. just really build up the analysis to a fever pitch of excitement.
0: I thought when, when Luke Shaw whipped one in for Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I thought, oh. we are on here. This, is, <laughs> this doesn't happen very often. We are on here. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, Any Southampton fans still listening? Do we have Southampton fans on the (laughs) Ramble? I hope so. Um, Sorry about that. Interested to hear (laughs) what you you think, I guess. Blame Um, your team. Yeah, fair. I mean, I guess that is the only answer. Apparently, also, Jankovic handed actually in a, a transfer request uh, just before that game. So I don't know what to read into that. Poor, I feel I that of, will now be accepted. I feel kind of sorry <laughs> for him. You know, he's, only, he's only a young lad and he had an absolutely bizarre shocker that changed the course of everything. But anyway, there were three other games, uh, Look, I'm sorry to say, last night. And actually, apologies to Pete, because one of them featured Newcastle. Mm. Um, let's have a little glance into Sheffield United's Big win against West Brom. Two on the final score there. Sheffield United now just a point behind West Brom. I don't know about you guys, but up until now, I'd sort of felt like they had relegated themselves ages ago.
2: But, <laughs> I'm uh, loving it. I'm they loving they be Phoenix on the march here,
1: Pete?
2: Yeah, I just, look, I, I think... Um, I really felt sorry for Ramsdale. He's got this kind of reputation of sort of parrying goals into into the path of strikers. And that amazing possibly offside save at 1-0, probably going to give him a bit of confidence because he has been good recently, but he has been criticised the first half of the season. So I think there's nothing to stop. Uh, Sheffield United um, turning this round possibly you know some teams are, are dropping like a stone like Newcastle United and, and you know you've got a striker who's, who's putting them in the back of the net Billy Sharp who obviously uh, was in League 1 about three seasons ago um, and it's 34 so, yeah.
1: guys hope for us mm. well mm. hope for me I guess if I was to become a <laughs> <laughs> Premier League player it's, I, an, it's an interesting
0: situation because like, I think we talked about this before and we talked about how Sheffield United were probably not as good as they showed last season but they kind mm. of got you know, got away with it and, and they did mm. really well and you couldn't take anything away from them because you know the points are the points but a lot of people I think felt that they weren't quite as good as they showed and I think this season it's the opposite I don't think they're as bad as people have said I, I, I was saying um, about a week ago that I think 11 of their defeats of mm. the um, 17 they've got were by the odd goal and yeah. they've won three yeah. of their last six now and of course statistically and, and historically it is a suicidal take to say oh, yeah, they're going to get out of it because statistically there's there's very, very little chance. But the season we're in, you just never know. And I, th- I, th- I think um, beating, team, you know, beating a team around you like West Brom is massive. I know it's a cliche, but it always is absolutely huge because it has so many other requisite benefits than just a, a win. And I particularly loved... Um, I mean... Sam Allardyce sticking the boot in the Slaven Bullish for absolutely no reason before <laughs> the Loving game. Loving money, you in, yeah, in this, yeah, and this kind of transparent attempt to try and get the, deflect the um, deflect the attention from himself and his team's poor performances. And he ended the quote by saying. I, there's no way I'm going to go to China and do it for the money I want to be in the best league in the world well listen Big Sam you are going to be in the best league in the world next season I guarantee <laughs> I that <championship>. the <laughs> fucking championship unless you quit which you probably will
1: <laughs> um, yeah not to freak anybody a bit out with a bit of football nerdism but the point about Sheffield United is that they're, they've they been the, mo- the most underperforming of their XG up until quite recently yeah. of any team mm. in the Premier League um, and so and much like Tottenham when they were had that period of time where they were top of the table they were overperforming forming their XG by a ridiculous amount and so basically, right. effectively it's all levelled itself out to form and the reason I mention XG and I apologise is because that's just supposed to be the, one of the best predictors of form for the period of the season No,
0: I think it's right, from, from an elongated mm. period I think it's actually a really helpful stat, I think I think when you look at it just as a one-off game, it's not that um, not that interesting. But
2: It's like looking that. at Billy Sharp's running stats, apparently he's the quickest player in the Sheffield United team yeah. and that's why I don't agree with stats, quite frankly <laughs> that, like, is over, <laughs> that is over a very short uh, space of uh, space
0: that, that reminded me, Pete, of um, we used to, Portsmouth used to have play. He played for Newcastle as well. Uh, Mickey Quinn, striker, back in mm. the eighties, and uh, he always used, he was like he, we Portsmouth fans used to sing. He's fat, he's round, he's worth a million pound. Mickey <laughs> Quinn, because like, he was a he's mm. a big unit. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and he he always used to say his response to that was always you say yeah that I'm. I'm bigger uh, I'm quite big and stuff, but I might be the quickest player in the league over a yard. <laughs> <laughs> That's just momentum. Yeah, exactly. So Billy Sharp, do you reckon they're measuring <laughs> over what? Like a, a one of those school thirty centimetre wooden rulers.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they're doing
1: yeah.
0: it, but I don't think they're doing it right in my opinion. When you get when you get the top when you get the fastest player in the league stats come up, there's always a rogue one in there. Do you remember Big Soul Campbell who used to be in there? Yes. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a, through
2: averages or something. Or, yeah, I think it must, I think yeah. it
0: might just be the top speed they hit when they're going full pelt or something for like a right, second okay. or whatever. But <laughs> I, I, just to go, just to go back to the um, to the uh, to the relegation picture, I, I wonder if there's any merit in suggesting, given that the form Fulham have been in, has actually been really poor, even though everyone's decided that they're actually quite good a team. Yeah. Um, mm. I wonder if we're actually looking boringly as boring as it is to say I wonder if we're actually looking at the bottom three just being the bottom three now. Oh, there's a big gap no. there. there's a big gap no no survival Sunday for us sadly
1: <laughs> oh, well you should talk to Jules Breach she's amazing at uh, predicting things isn't she apparently uh, so apparently so um, we, I, we didn't show much mercy to Southampton earlier but I think we could show a tiny bit of mercy to Newcastle because we let's just glance at them before we head to the break they lost 2-1 to Crystal Palace um lots and lots of shots for Newcastle uh, you know ultimately they went 1-0 mm. up and Palace are very very poor at coming from behind to win but they, they managed to do it at St James's Park Pete do you want to emit any kind of cries of, of joy or despair <laughs> or just a told you uh, so. yeah <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean it, 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 it's a little bit too late for some promising performances with plenty of shots on target I mean, <laughs> I mean it was just, I'm Bruce trying to help you out green here, mate. Shoots. I'm popping it in, <laughs> green just, and then we're going to in... scamper off to a break
1: <laughs> so we can all lie down in a dark yeah, you,
2: know, you can't, if you can't defend a set of paces, you need, you need points on the board, really. You're in the bottom three now, and you've got Southampton next. So uh, the, 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 I think the story of the night there really made me laugh was the, the coach Graham Jones. Obviously, um, a lot of Newcastle fans have put a lot of stock in his, his appearance and his arrival at St James's Park. And, and you know, I just thought, you know, cheap hire... From from Gates Edge, we won't do anything Steve. to the team. Mm. Not called Steve Not exactly, which would work. Not issue. enough Steve's in the dugout. But I thought he was just a cheap hire that's just gonna put the willies up um up uh, up Steve Bruce. And he might walk and might won't have to pay whatever severance you do to a, a, a City and Gills level Premier League manager, but <laughs> They, I've got to say you, win. girls. I'm a bit of respect. <laughs> they win. <laughs> they win a football match instead. They they beat Everton. Yeah. Um, and Graham and Graham is in the, on the touchline, shouting and telling players what to do. And Steve Bruce is cutting a very underwhelming figure, like hands in pockets. Doesn't look like he's that interested. And so the next match against Palace, instead of going, oh, might be an idea to keep Graham in the dugout, he's been banished to the fucking stands. <laughs> get <laughs> they out lose of the here. match. <laughs> We don't, that is nonsense he's having none of it he gets shoved to the stands I love that I think he, he, he managed to sort of make it down at one point but it just made me laugh that just like no nope, we don't want can we be really slow in transition to give Palace time
0: to regroup yeah and you have gone up there
2: Pete I like him saying
0: to him I like the idea of him saying to him you can go up there until you start to learn how we do things around here." because that win was fucking unacceptable that marking for Gary Cahill <laughs> I, I also I like I think by, by my calculations, I think this is right, and people can <laughs> pull me up on it if the maths is slightly wrong, but I think I'm right in saying that Newcastle went a goal ahead against a team and lost 2-1 from two goals, two league goals by two players who hadn't scored a league goal for a combined 11 seasons. I like it.
1: Oh, that
0: that is... is an amazing effort. <laughs> Jeez, that is an like amazing snatch of defeat for the jewels of victory. And uh, by the way, <laughs> has anyone checked on Roy Hodgson? Because he looked absolutely soaked. Classic. he did yeah he looked
2: very soggy yeah you've you got to be careful
0: yeah I think, I think I mean standing out in the rain for a couple of hours you know he's an older fella we, you know, we, we like him he seems like a lovely chap um, but he should not be standing out in that wet and cold for two hours someone <laughs> needs to check on him I think we need to be responsible about this I think mm.
1: it's because he's had his COVID vaccination, and after you do that, you uh, become radioactive. So he probably. Oh, right. Don't, that right. Is, we can't say that, Kate. That's an irresponsible <laughs> thing to say publicly. Just, doesn't, goodness just sake. doesn't need to be in by a heat source because he's just radiating out all of the is vaccine. He,
0: is he like one of those pub patio heaters?
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: They make me sunburned. Um, all right. Wilf Zaha went off injured as well, though. But um yeah. Roy was pretty positive about him so hopefully that'll be a, that'll be okay.
1: Yeah, we always want to see Will saw her play or I certainly do when I'm watching Palace. All right then 2-2-1 two, two it was to Crystal Palace against Newcastle. I think some of us have suffered enough. Let's get to a break.
0: week at
2: Sukarnov Over at Self Care Club Wellness Road Tested, Lauren and Nicole discussed intuitive eating and rebelling against diet culture Actually I'm really proud of myself that I did that because it was hard and it was bloody brave to actually stand up and say, you know what I choose my life, I choose to have quality of life, I choose to be two dress sizes bigger and much fucking happier for it. For even more great content there's also a brand new episode of Between the Lines with Melissa Reddy, who sat down with Borussia Mönchengladbach's assistant manager, René Maric. He talked through his journey from a football blogger to coaching one of the most exciting football teams in
0: Europe. We always focus on the next game and we focus on every opponent, no matter which competition and uh, the level of the opposition. We always focus on each opposition the same in terms of investment of time and resources.
1: All
0: that and a whole lot more at Stakanov. I'm quite a placid guy.
1: So he is, Roy Keane. Placid is exactly the word we'd use to describe (laughs) him, wouldn't
0: we? You seen that film Lake Placid with that gigantic crocodile? That's probably more like it.
1: I haven't actually. (laughs) Unsurprisingly. No, oh, yeah. okay. No. Not one for the list, you wouldn't no. say, Luke. No. Oh, no, right. no, no, no. The pop- popular culture enter- entertainment list that you built. Oh, yeah, if you're filling in all the
0: different pigeonholes of your life, Kate, that yeah. are, no. are empty for popular culture, yeah. I, don't, I don't think Lake Placid's going to be in there. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, crocodile Dang. Dundee, start with that. Exactly. Mm. Start That's not even got a crocodile in it, has it? It probably has. No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all right, look You'd forward to It'd be annoyed if it. it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you're listening to Football Ramble, guys. Time to get to these.
2: Jersey. Just- Show at football,
1: oh, and I've got an email from Ryan Lovejoy. Hmm, Ryan, thanks for writing in. Southampton fan here. Oh, my God, we do have one. Luke, why have you not <laughs> frightened these people off? Listener to every show for about ten years, but might give today a miss, seeing as Luke is on. Oh sorry mate. Coward See, You're you coward. Know- you won't even hear your email. Anyway, yeah. I played a play-by-mail of the type P mentioned, called M and E Sports, as a child in the 90s. I was given Nottingham Forest. I guess it probably wasn't a pa- parent-sanctioned activity because I used to wait until the nice, inattentive school bus driver was working to then save my pound coins and send them to the game. I used to get phone calls. Oh no, from much older <laughs> men on the house landline which is all rather dubious in retrospect yes right it is there was a Scouse bloke who owned several teams and would often be on the blur trying to do a deal for Lars Bahinan or Steve Chettle or something at 11 at night yeah oh my <laughs> god that should cut there
0: should be a cut off unwelcome what's your cut off for the ha- back in the day there was a cut off for the landline I'm pretty sure it was like 9.30pm yeah surely yeah. Oh, after that, that a only
1: Last bit from Ryan. He says, um, if a player wasn't in the game, you could make your case to the creators to give him to you. I used to set cuttings from World Soccer Magazine, and I think I got Edmundo to the city ground this way. Remarkable. Amazing. Remarkable, oh, really, like Ryan that. says, that I ended up married with a kid. Oh, congrats, <laughs>
2: mate. Well, I'm glad
1: it worked out in the end. A bit of
0: self-deprecation at the end.
2: Yeah. yeah nice. Not married to a kid, which is kind of... <laughs> we would assume that that's how that story ended.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness me. He's not listening. He's already said he's not going to listen, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's fine. No. Absolutely doesn't matter. I, I think the more we learn about play-by-mail, the more problematic it becomes. Mm. And to me, it would be a tabloid scandal now. Because if we're just whooping, <laughs> yeah. it just would be. Yeah, it would be ta- not tapping up, but you call it grooming. Yeah, t- yeah up. <laughs> It's a football version of grooming, really. Um, yeah, yeah, there was there was a guy, wasn't there, a couple of weeks ago? I think it was on a show that I wasn't on, but I heard where he said that like there was someone who didn't have a landline, so they used to walk up to the end of the street and go into the phone box. I mean, mm. it's crazy. I can remember my dad telling me that um, back in the day on our street, that the police officer was given the house on the end. Because he had no landline in his house, okay. and if they wanted to get a hold of him, they would ring the phone box because there was a phone box right next to his house. It's like it's a fucking police. Just put a phone in his house. It's not that difficult. <laughs> like it's a police officer, just put a phone in his house. He's putting the cart before the horse. That yeah, that's a digression. I apologise.
1: <laughs> it's all right. If you, I mean, it's, it's difficult these days, isn't it? Kids can just do the play by mail on. Uh, well, it's just fantasy football. It's just on the apps. Would you let your yeah, kids exactly. have have just have their little, you know, because they could be doing all sorts of dodgy stuff in there just yeah. easily. Play by mail is, is, is not the, the thing you need to be worried about. It's the last 10
0: years only just happened to you, Kate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're still happening. That's that's what you're here for, frankly. We're trying <laughs> to work trying to work it all out. Anyway, Ryan, thank you so much. I'm Well, I don't know why I'm thanking you, because you're not listening, but thanks for listening most of the time. Uh, yeah. Email us, show at footballramble.com. We love to hear from you. Now, there was also a game at Molyneux that featured... Another two red cards. We didn't even really mention the second red in the Southampton game because it's just becoming so <laughs> run-of-the-mill. But the final score of this one Wolves two, Arsenal, one. Yeah. On the upside, I mean, there was an absolutely like, glorious goal from Nicola Pepe that featured, I think, two nutmegs in the build-up. Um,
0: the commentator uh, was amazing on that goal. The co- I don't know if you heard it, but the commentator just went, Pepe has scored against all odds. And I was thinking, it's <laughs> a bit insulting. I mean, he is a forward player. I know we've all seen yeah. him play for Arsenal, but he costs a lot of money and he is an attacking player. I'm not sure it's against all odds.
1: Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> evening probably, alas, wasn't for Arsenal fans, wasn't really about that. The, the other goal, actually, the winner was amazing as well. Gloria Tino mm. strike from 30 yards out, zipping in off the Rabbit post.
2: punched it, yeah. We yeah.
1: love to see that kind of a goal. Um, I guess on the upside for Arsenal, that's the end of a seven-game unbeaten run. Pete. Yeah. So, so it's not all bad news. <laughs> um,
0: can I can, yeah. I can I just say that um, Bernd Leno, who oh. you know challenged challenged Jan Bedrack last night for the most surrealist interpretation of football mm. I've seen for a while. Um, he what was he doing? Like Bernd Leno reminded me when he when he got sent off last night, mm. a, like a really enthusiastic kid. Going paintballing for the first time, legging it out of the neutral zone like a hundred miles an hour, and get instantly shot in the face, <laughs> and, his, and, his, and his game being over. Like, Pete, did, did you obviously you saw it? What hmm. is your interpretation of what he was trying to do there? I, I think he,
2: I. <laughs> I, as soon as he landed, I think he realised where he was. Because he, <laughs> yeah. cause, cause he just clearly up. just kind of... it sort of leapt, sort of leapt and, and sort of thought that if I don't touch the ground, the floor is lava, <laughs> they can't get me. And then he landed and I was like, that's too far away is, and I've just done a punch.
0: It's an amazing genre of footballer activity, the way footballers try to hide how they're obviously handballing <laughs> the, the classic is the Stephen Taylor. Do you remember when he, he made out like yeah, he'd been shot by a sniper? Shot. But, but Leno, yeah. like, kind of, he...
2: I think he I mean I I think he took his medicine quite quite nicely really I don't think he even really pretended yeah. after the after the referee started going hang on what was what did you just do there yeah and he was already walking to be honest he know what he'd, he knew what he'd done
1: yeah he gave it a little go didn't he to try and pull his arm into his body <laughs> and do a sort of seal dive like he'd come a very yeah. long way in the process of connecting with it with his sort of body but yeah i think you're right he was quite decent about it okay so if that <laughs> if that red card wasn't controversial the first one do we consider that to be controversial david Louise with his nippy little red
0: no it wasn't controversial because as we all know uh, var has eliminated controversy from refereeing decisions <laughs> and so i don't yeah, think anything to worry about
2: there i i mean i very much enjoyed um, espn's coverage where frank lebuff was just making the noise I don't know yeah. uh, in his, in his, and he was just in his uh, and it was nice to sort of see his little cinema room he's got this cinema room and, 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 and he stood in front of a poster I remember he was in a couple of films back in the day so did you watch this um, game
0: at Frank Buff's house
2: <laughs> and Shaka Hislop as well he was in front of a big Newcastle United crest and I very much enjoyed that as well look I know that rule is there not to double punish the player but good god if he tries to get the ball he gets a yellow if he doesn't try and get the ball he gets a red it's it's
0: yeah, what you mean. insane isn't that, it that, and I think that is, that is partly <laughs> what they talked about on BT last night as well with the other game mm. I mean because you had Craig Pawson in this game you had Mike Dean in the other game I couldn't have asked for a better referee than Mike Dean on that game because I mean he, <laughs> will, he will make things worse you know, Mike Dean's a <laughs> <laughs> Fine, ref. He's okay. Like he's one of the he's one of the okay refs, I think. But he will unquestionably, and the stats back me up on this. Not to go back to this game for too long, but he will make <laughs> things worse. I, I don't think I don't think anyone's ever sent off more players than Mike Dean in Premier League history. I mean, someone could check that.
1: Mm. Yeah, do you remember Craig there was Parson- kind of big fanfare when he reached his 100th red? Right, that's, of course there was. That's right. Yeah, I think, might I think the, the, more
2: the more complicated. The more complicated the rules get. I think you just have more capacity to send players. Yeah, up. and that's what I was going to say. And, and, and he and he is up for it. Yeah, he is.
0: Yeah, he, <laughs> he is equal to that task. He knows yeah. every single last one of those rules. He's uh, he's um, he's at your house before you've even finished inviting into a house party on the phone. Mm, the doorbell exactly. goes. Yeah. He, he will he will involve himself as much as possible. And Craig Pawson is quite understated in my experience. Yet he was still. Interpreting it this way, and obviously you had to send Leno off. But the Luis thing is is fascinating to me, precisely for what the reason Pete said. Like you you have to you have to get to a point where you have to say, okay, we can criticize referees, and we can take the piss out of them when we like, and we do. Mm. But what's the referee supposed to do there? You know, he's mm. he's the laws are the laws. The referees, you know, they have a say in it, but I don't draw the laws up themselves. And then they get VAR to support them. And VAR yeah. tells them another thing and they get to look at the martyr and they don't really know which way to go. It's, it's I, I thought last night, really, I thought Luis did clip him, and I think, you know, by the letter of the law, that's a red card, because as Pete's already alluded to, he's not he's not attempting to play the ball. It's denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. I just think we've got ourselves in such a state about this. I I don't think football has to be this complicated. That's my overwhelming feeling every time we go through these types of things. Mm. I don't think it ever used to be this complicated, and I don't think it needs to be.
1: How but what needs dish. to happen
0: is, by the way, they need to go into AO.com and everyone at Arsenal needs to get their head in the fucking gigantic freezer because <laughs> that, that last night was an absolute self-destruction.
1: Yeah, that was, and also from the perspective of David Luiz, I mean, how much do you think the David Luizness of him influenced the ease with which that decision was made to give a red card?
0: I don't know if referees... I, I, yeah, I, I kind of hear that argument, but I don't know if I'm personally convinced by that. I, 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 I think, if anything, it could go, it kind of self-rights. It can go the other way, Yeah. I okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, it was it was it was a poor result for Arsenal because uh, Wolves, I think,
1: and they're yeah, they could oh, be. Oh man, be... Wolves must be ecstatic today yeah. because they yeah. were getting they were mm. Arsenal were all over them for the first half. Oh, and... Saka should have had two early goals. Oh doors. my yeah, And just... Pepper <laughs> struck, really struck, struck the post as yeah. well. Some mm. Wolves haven't been good. Stormers. That's the point, right? Well, Wolves that aren't are like, that good. From a relic, I'm. I mean questions we've been discussing the relegation battle earlier in the first half and of course there is a big gap but in terms of form and drop off and and the way we've talked spoke to spoken about this already and of course they had that terrible situation with Raul Jimenez and that's that seems to have had a, an effect that's been yeah. psychological on the whole team um but anyway so yeah I've actually been quite concerned about because I love watching Wolves, and last season I love watching them in the way that they're so stable and they seem to all know their jobs and they yeah. all communicate in this beautiful way. Um, so so yeah, you know, nice to see them get a win, but frankly, Arsenal must Mikel Arteta must just be raging, Pete.
0: Yeah, and and, and I think that, you know it's, it's 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 easy, particularly when you do a daily football show to read into every different result. Um, and so I wonder whether last night was just one of those things. Two red cards, you know, can what are happen. You do? Yeah, yeah. But but you do feel like Arteta. I I personally feel like from the outside looking in that Arteta's is still fighting against this kind of culture. Um, and, and to me, I don't want to try and be Roy Keane and, and controversial about it for the sake of it, because I'm also a very placid guy. Um, it, but, but there's an excuse-making culture at that club, I think, and there has been for a while. And I think Arteta's made some inroads towards it, but it's a big job, really big job. So you know, maybe this thing's going to happen every so often. I, I just don't think Wolves have... Uh, well, ev- yeah, everyone would agree, I'm sure, I don't think Wolves have been that good. So, I mean, for, to no. go to go ahead and to, to implode like that would be very, very disappointing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Someone who always takes responsibility for his actions is is a gentleman. I want to turn to now uh if you'll indulge me guys. Andre Viasbus. I think there should be a <laughs> tribute corner for him. Because um, I, I know Jim has designed his whole new look in homage to, to the great man. And <laughs> yeah. the excellent news is that he is ready and free now, pretty much, to, to return to the Premier League and delight Luke with his, with his attributes. Marseille manager no more. He can come in and, I don't know, take the reins at Spurs when Jose finally ends up at a punch-up with Deli Um The reason he's a free agent... It's because he's driven himself out of Marseille, Pete. Um, I don't, did you see? Mm. He says, uh, I, didn't, I don't want any money. I just want to leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's in his pre-match press conference ahead of their Ligue 1 game at Lens tonight. I'm
0: already yeah. very wealthy. So don't worry
2: about the money. <laughs> well, he was he was suspended in China when he left for an explosive press conference where he uh, where he th- I didn't threaten the referee, but he said that the referees and and, and the league were against his team. Um, and so and then he left. He never came back. So uh, I mean, what next for, for for Avb? I don't know. But like, Marseille only employed managers for like two years really that's all you get with my scene. I know Rudy Garcia almost got to three and then buggered off their others, but I think AVB just suddenly went oh I'm fired I'm late I need to leave now. <laughs> it's not. it was not Nacho Gonzalez Escala, wasn't it when Kevin Keane got really angry when uh, Dennis Wise signed uh, Nacho Gonzalez <laughs> yeah it
0: was it was massively like that because the trigger <laughs> so yeah
1: guys sorry the trigger is supposed to be that this new signing Olivier Nietzsche uh, came in and AVB's like I didn't want this guy what are you, what are you doing I don't mm. think you're you're good. Uh, he's pish. Is that what he said? I think he's pish. No, he, he
0: didn't say that. It was it was it was it was like it was someone online that said that, but he didn't. He didn't say that.
1: Oh, it's on Nietzsche's Wikipedia page. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've missed right, Someone's right. updated the Wikipedia page. I love the idea of maybe saying say... that.
0: Though. <laughs> yes. I speak loads <laughs> of languages, including Scottish. Um, but he, he, the best thing you guys haven't picked up, on, the best thing about the press conference is he kept saying about Nietzsche well, he's not on the list. He wasn't on the list. It, it reminded me exactly of when I get sent to the shop with a list, come back, and all I've bought was a load of biscuits, and my wife just continually says to me, they weren't on the list. They weren't on the list. And at no point does VS think about this player, OK, he's at, he's, we've signed him, so he's part of the squad now. What's the, what are the rest of the players going to think if that's how I react about a certain player I don't like? He's just like, no, I'm going nuclear here. Pressing the button, I'm out of here. I'm going. And I also think that it speaks more widely to AVB's kind of attitude about life. Because as we've seen before, he's done loads of stuff outside of football. He's quite an urbane guy, right? He likes to do lots of different things. I think it's quite refreshing because it shows that he's not even thought that this might count against me in my next job. Like the next person to <laughs> hire me might think, I don't know if I want a bit of that. He seems a bit volatile. He doesn't care. It's fantastic. More, more managers should do that. I want to go. Let me just just let me go. It's amazing. <laughs>
1: But on the other hand, Olivia Nietzsche must think, like, fuck me, I've got a lot of influence here. I can yeah. ju- mm. How am I going to use my power? Shall I use it for good or evil? I can just turn up to a club and, and oust the manager.
0: Yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> I, th- I think he... he <laughs> <laughs> will he use it for good or evil? Hopefully both. Hopefully yeah. have a, bit of a, bit of a bit of both. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see what AVB does next. I'd like, I like the idea of him back in the Premier League, but I don't really know where he'd, uh, where he'd rock up. It certainly won't be... A, Pete answers Newcastle United, sadly.
1: <laughs> Why'd you say that? I think he could fit in a treat. I can imagine he'd be very uh, Not called Steve. diplomatic with all of the hierarchy. What do you reckon, mm. Pete? You backing him?
2: Andres Stevis Bosch. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> uh, the other thing that's been going on out in France is this slightly bizarre situation with the French TV bids. They don't, Ligue one don't have any. Uh, anybody to show their games because there's some sort of situation to do with people not paying enough money to show them or people not wanting to show them. Um, it's the sort of thing that you should listen to Thursdays on the continent for over on Football Ramble Presents uh, because, you know, your man Brassel will be able to explain it in greater and more beauteous depth than any of us could. Is that fair? Is that
0: fair? No, I think it's absolutely fair. <laughs> and I don't even know if that word you used there is actually a word, but it still summed up... Um, <laughs> Brussels contributions. I think that's great. Which? Beauteous.
1: Beauteous is a word,
0: Lee. Good. S- well, I've so- learned something today, haven't I?
1: I'm sorry no I- one's I- ever said beauteous to you
0: before. <laughs> I thought Jan Bedenrak's performance last night was beauteous.
1: Okay, you don't know the context. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I have no idea. I'm just guessing.
2: Is <laughs> it like a boot bu- bu- beauteous call? Like a booty call. Yeah, yeah.
1: It'll it'll be- be- yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> okay, I-, I just learned it, Pete. You tell me. <laughs> if I, okay, if I, if, I, if I if I if I if Pete and I Yeah If I do a boot a Beauty is cool to Pete. Yes. Mm. What's going to happen?
1: It's just going to be very beautiful.
0: Okay, right. He's not going to turn up, stinking of premium strength lager.
1: I don't know. With his <laughs> best I, shirt on. I, I don't know how Pete likes to woo you, but
2: what would you he, say, that, Pete?
1: That would be for him um. to say, I think
2: and uh, restraints. Yeah. Let's move on.
0: And that's what I like. <laughs> that's what I like. Um, Pete likes to woo me by sending me photos of things he's bought off the internet, including, more recently, uh. a fuel gauge from a Ghanaian Boeing aircraft.
2: I did, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a lovely bit of work. I, I, love, I, I love when people start, like, just take apart air, aircraft and then stick all the, the, the crap on eBay. And I go, hmm, maybe I do need an oil gauge for a Boeing 747. <laughs> <Is laughs> maybe it, I do need one.
1: Is it, Pete, is it like a, an ornament? Or what's the purpose of it for you?
2: I mean, it's... You've misread this situation. The purpose of it? What
1: are you talking about?
2: I call it a statement of intent. Kate. It's... <laughs> So, is the one first part Donaldson Airways? Of your
1: airline. Oh,
2: yeah. this is a big day. <laughs> this Incredible is a big games. day.
1: Yeah. Um, We've
2: broken ground.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we can celebrate it by watching uh, shitloads more football tonight. There are five games in the Premier League to pick from, including Burnley going up against Manchester City, uh, Fulham against Leicester. Those are the two early kickoffs and you can wrap your evening wrap your evening up with uh liverpool up against brighton as well so should be some pretty delicious stuff um pep said after the sheffield united game at the weekend that it was freezing and windy and it was one of the toughest games he was going to play that season (laughs) up to burnley he goes let's see how that one turns out I think they'll probably win. Kate. <laughs> that's <laughs> and my that's prediction. why you're such a high-quality football pundit with such a lot of fans, Luke. A uh, quick reminder, guys, listeners, drop us a five-star review on Apple Pods if you're enjoying the Ramble all right, then. Luke, nine stars for you. Lovely to see you this morning. Ah, oh, now you're
0: talking. <laughs> now you are talking. Very good. I see what you've done there.
1: Nice to see you, Pete. See you later. Catch you later. Tomorrow on the show, it is Jules, Fish and Jim. Don't miss it. See you then. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.